0: 90s Now, or then, or now, with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Highland.
1: Hey, that's us! Kel! Sharon! That's right. <laughs> and welcome everybody to 90s Now. You know, we realized in conversation uh, within the past few days is that this is the beginning of season
0: nine. Woo! I can't believe we've gotten along for so many years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you really, you know,
0: <laughs> behaved <laughs> I'm a, like, a. have grown to be like a wart on your backside, Sharon. <laughs> 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 That's quite you a visual. Me around. <laughs> hey, Kel, on that
1: note, I really think that if there's anybody new listening to 90s now, we should probably let them know that it goes beyond warts on the backside. <laughs> it does tap into all things 90, which is music, which is movies, which is your favorite actors and stuff from the 90s, maybe what they're up to now uh, mm-hmm. and how we can link it all together in the now. See, it's- and that
0: one aspect of te- te- technology, which was that massive phone that everybody had around uh, 1995 <laughs> that you could lift weights with.
1: Yes. And you couldn't... You, you know what? There was a commitment in the 90s to communication. Yep. It's completely changed now. But if you were on the phone, you were on the phone. Yeah, You couldn't walk around. You couldn't go over there. You couldn't even... You know, lie and say I'm getting another call because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't.
0: <laughs> it's so true. I remember my sister; she got her phone. I think it was '95, and this thing looked like it was like some kind of sat phone, like where she was calling Venus. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, like she, you know, she was hooked up with NASA, co- like power control. Like it was, it was. A, it made a us lot all feel on. good.
1: The size of the uh, of the tech at that time made us feel like. We were yeah. something. And I know we're on uh, Zoom right now, but I know that because I've got Adam with me that he can see that, you know, just in case you weren't familiar with the artifacts from the 90s, Adam, I'm holding a giant dictionary. Wow. Yeah. Which in this case, you know, if we were in 1990 something, could have been my phone.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hello. Adam was one when my sister got her phone. So. <laughs>
1: well, I got my first phone in 2010.
0: Oh, my. Oh, Yeah. But you know what's funny is everything went. <laughs> We're from all like
1: doing the math now. Oh we my are. God. <laughs> I was 16 years old.
0: But everything went from from super big, like Sharon talked about, like how it was the size of a dictionary, to then wanting it to be the smallest phone on the planet, and now I'm kind of back up to really loving my um, iPhone 11 Max, like or Pro Max. Like I like that it's basically a mini iPad. That's my phone. Well, it, so. it sort
1: of uh, it directs its attention to the people that can afford these things are in the age group of people who are starting to lose their eyesight somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> so you need things bigger. And I'm not even slamming anybody, it's a total truth. I remember telling you, Kel, when I learned how to make the font size bigger in my phone, it was like Christmas. <laughs> I was like, oh life changing. Oh, it totally was. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, So that's kind of what we talk about. (laughs) We talk about music and stuff, too, and uh, the news of the day, which has everything to do with our favorite people from the 90s and some less than favorite people from the 90s. But we got to keep you up to date. That's for sure. So if you're inclined to listen, thank you very much for doing that. If you're inclined to fall in love with us, we'll never turn that away either. You can show us your affection by (laughs) rating us five stars. It Honestly we'll make it uh, easier for you to find us for other people to find us too and it really there's no thinking required just go for the 5 I actually saw a review.
0: (laughs) I saw a review that somebody did on Apple Podcasts for us, I believe, earlier this spring. And the line was something to the effect of, I have loved these two and Adam. Oh,
1: (laughs) thank you so much. (laughs) We are happy to have Adam with us as a 90s reference, as a tech wizard and a guy that keeps us on track. So thank you, Adam. Exactly. uh, So are we
0: starting? Where are we starting? We have so much to talk about on this episode. Yeah, we
1: got a lot to talk about. The fact that one of our faves... I'm going to say that a lot today, I think. One of our faves is uh, setting to hit the road. Uh, and yep. one of our less than faves, and maybe I'm only speaking for myself, um, is also kind of hitting the road. But we'll tell you why uh, some other people around him have been shining their lights a little bit brighter. But uh, one of the Spice Girls is hitting the road, Kel. Which one?
0: Yeah, so Mel C, uh, a.k.a. Sporty Spice, she's already – I and I, I, don't know about you, Sharon and Adam, but this kind of gave me hope, the fact that, like, she's announced tour dates. Even though she's not coming to North America at this present time, just to know that she plans to be out on the road in 2021 performing uh, to her fans because she has a new album coming out, uh, I believe, in the fall. And so as of, like, April uh, 28th, her tour kicks off in Lisbon. Uh, in Portugal. And then away she goes uh, for a bunch of dates. She'll be back, obviously, in, in London at some point because everybody loves her in London, England. And uh, yeah, she's like wanting to get out there and, and do the, and do the deal. So uh, and support this new album that she has. So I'm super excited. And how does it make you feel like to see like a Spice Girls braving the, the COVID-19
1: I think there's something to be said about people making plans, period, because it, it, it helps with your mental health to know that you've got something that you're looking forward, that you're proud of the music that you've made. Um, whether or not we'll see these dates come to fruition, I think if she's committed to them, then she'll be committed to rescheduling if that needs to happen. Like The whole second half of 2020, if not the second two-thirds of 2020, had to get rescheduled or cancelled and rethought out. A lot of people have booked shows for the for 2021. And again, I think it shows uh, great commitment to, to the fans and to, you know, wanting to get out there and just perform. And we love supporting yeah, that.
0: Exactly. And I should mention as well that um, Mel C has also announced plans for four global live streams that will coincide with the release of her self-titled album, which is going to drop in October. So
1: do we know cool. if they're like big stadiums? Uh, tour schedule scheduled or are they smaller venues? Do we have any details? I think details? it's smaller
0: venues for her because she's on her own but she has like fierce, loyal Mel C fans so I'm assuming like what Corona size probably Sharon maybe bigger?
1: So that's under a thousand people. Yeah. And I think and it's I, interesting. I realize for
0: people we have a I club for the,
1: people, just for a quick cor- sec Kel yeah. the, the club that Kelly's referring to in Montreal is called Corona which <laughs> <laughs> sort of I'm familiar with this club very familiar with this club and at the same time I'm like Corona? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little PTSD happening with that name. Um, but yeah, that's a, it, that's a great venue. And I imagine also that there's probably a prerequisite for for the fans going into that show that they wear
0: track pants. Yeah. <laughs> She's sporty. Uh, yeah, and exactly. And they have to wear the soccer jersey that she likes so much. Oh, well, yeah. Which is? Which is, is Liverpool. Ah. Liverpool, I believe. Yeah. Who's your team, um, Kel? Uh, I like Man U because I was a big David Beckham fan. And by the way, I know this sounds slightly creepy, uh, especially because I don't bat for this team. But I, his his <laughs> second son, uh, Romeo, who is probably like seventeen or eighteen at the moment, like he's just such a sweet boy. Like I follow him on Instagram, and like he's gorgeous. Like he I, he's fo- he looks exactly like David Beckham, but like twenty years later.
1: Yeah, it is creepy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Only because you could be his mother. But. I
0: could be, but I'm not. So, But I like that. I think it also helps that I, I know that he's a sweet boy, Like because you see him on social media stuff. And I mean, he could be, I suppose, the devil, but I don't think so. He's so. been
1: raised right. And it's nice to see stories like that of, of people of great privilege still come out uh, considerate and uh, empathetic
0: and aware of where they are in the world, despite of what they've been given in their world. Yeah, exactly. And and I think you and I and Adam have talked about this before, but all of the Beckham children are, like, super tight with each other and with their parents. Like, that says a lot, especially because, you know, Brooklyn is, like, 21 or whatever, and then um, Romeo is, like, 18. Like, these are all ages where normally you want nothing to do with your parents for, like, a good three years. Like, you don't want anything to do with them. And... They're all tight. And, like, I just watched a video today on Instagram of Romeo racing David Beckham. Like, they were out – I guess they'd been out for a run. And they were out, like, teasing each other, doing sprints together. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, that's really cool. That's like uh, Beckham's After Dark. That's what you're watching. You've got a live feed
1: into the Beckham household. (laughs) That is also a bit creepy. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Uh, So that's the story. Well, segue into – I, I talk about the awareness of empathy and, and privilege and where you are in the world. The segue would be to an example of someone, at least in my estimation, and I, I'm going to presume that you guys would agree with me, that um, that Donald Trump has less of an awareness of his position in the world. <laughs> you think? I do think that. <laughs> A oh, my bit. gosh. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're, we're coming off of uh, of the Democratic National Convention, and every night... That there's been something kind of exciting to watch because Mm -hmm. from watching up here in Canada, what's going on in the states, our neighbors to the south of us, it's it's startling sometimes to see what's been going on. So, um, to have been able to witness Michelle Obama's speech and the way that they've been conducting the the Democratic uh, convention in a way where normally you'd you know have you'd have people there and it would be lots of applause and stuff like that this way it's it's somehow more compelling that you get to watch and really pay attention to what they're saying and for Michelle Obama to have spoken as so clearly and directly and in a way that was so engaging for 18 minutes like, we were hanging on every word that she said, and she said some pretty choice words. So the uh, the slant on that is that the person that she was directing her um, uh, attention to in a couple of cases was Donald Trump in being, in her opinion, the wrong person to be president. Uh, and then he tweeted, naturally. He would tweet his disagreement <laughs> with her in a in an overly wordy text that didn't even make sense. So... Way to go,
0: buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love where she referenced the uh, it is what it is, mm-hmm. which was basically a slap or a clap back at something he has said in the past. Yeah. And there was a line she said where, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't exactly remember how she said it, but it was like, he cannot meet this moment. Yeah. And for some reason, that phrase like just shook me like in the best possible way that it could in, in the situation that's going on now.
1: Oh, agreed, a hundred percent. She she nailed it on a on many uh, different topics, and the, yeah. a, a, and it's different topics, but it's one main topic like get out and vote.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. She's a rock star.
1: Interesting though, I think it's uh it's it's interesting and scary at the same time. Like I said, we're up here watching the the clown show happen, and I saw what was the <laughs> it was either a bumper sticker or a or a meme that was circulating, and it's it makes more sense now than ever, but uh elect a clown expect a circus
0: <laughs> oh i like that I yeah love it. i haven't seen that bumper sticker I now want that bumper sticker. Yeah. That's great. That's great. But you know what's funny is, you know, we have a lot of Americans that listen to our show and we so appreciate that you guys hang out with us. And obviously, I'm sure you're probably wondering why Canada or Canadians would have like such strong opinions about a country that's not ours, but we are your um, neighbors on on the rooftop of your country. And so what goes on uh, with you often affects us. In many
1: ways, like from a personal social way i like visiting the states
0: oh it's an amazing country amazing amazing.
1: they have so much to offer the people are great um in a uh a trade way our countries do great business together you wouldn't know Mm -hmm. that necessarily to listen to trump say anything but aside from what he proclaims in a lot of cases he's just he's just talking out of his behind and it's untruth um but we've had many, many years of working together really well. So the uh, the less than harmonious uh, reaction that he gives at times is sort of like what? So it's it's a bit scary. And so we yeah. just want everything to be great for our friends in the states. That's for sure. And I'm not. I personally, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. I think he's a moron. But if that's your man, then you know what? What I think what it boils down to is what Eva Longoria said last night as. The uh, MC of the event, the moderator, rather, uh, she tweeted, because there are some actual good tweets that come out of situations like that. She <laughs> tweeted, vote like your lives depend on it. Because they do. They yeah. really do. Don't just sit back and say, oh, it's not going to work out the way I want it to or whatever. You have to vote. And, and and don't think that also that we're coming from a country that's like, you know, spotless and angelic. We got a, a lot of good stuff going on, too, but we got a lot of stuff that we have to deal with and, and that's making our news, too. So uh, we just hope that everything's going OK with you guys and we will hope the same for ourselves and that we can continue to be friends. Thank you. Five stars. <laughs>
0: You want a little uh, fun fact about our American friends? I yes. just found this out the other day. This is pretty good and epic. And again, I cannot re- reiterate enough how much we love Americans. Um, and I'll say this. So the, the Canadian Border Services Agency put out stats for uh, Americans who have tried to come to Canada, even though the border is closed to non-essential travel. So from like March... Uh, I believe it was March 22nd to eight, August 5th, uh, they've had over 12,000 Americans try to make it into Canada to either shop, sightsee, or have some fun. Wow. <laughs> so, so they've had to turn them away.
1: <laughs> and that's a difference of communication also. Our, our leaders are saying, here's what we have to do to stay healthy. Do this, do this, do this. Whereas for a long time... Donald Trump was saying, nah, it's fine. It's going to be fine. And kids aren't going to get it. Like, that's yeah. honest to God. Anybody with kids who have ever seen a kid before knows that they're the germ spreaders of all time. Oh, of all time. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Any parent uh, knows that as soon as back to school happens or, you know, day camp or whatever the season is, as soon as a kid comes home, they're bringing home what they've met that day. <laughs> <laughs> Germs. It's true.
0: Grocers. It's true. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you, what did you think of that article I sent you on George Michael's ex? Well, what's going on? He's wrecking well,
1: cars that aren't
0: his. I know. And so, like, so I'm not even exactly sure how to pronounce his name. I think I can get his first name right. Fatty, I believe, yeah. is, is the first name. Yeah. And maybe it's Wise, the last one. We'll see. I'm not sure if that's accurate. But he was... He's the one that actually found George when he passed away in his home on Christmas Day in 2016. And I don't know if he's uh, sunk into a depression or never got over it, or I don't even know how to phrase that. Like, uh, But he's, first of all, the the word that we've heard for a while is he, he didn't want to leave George's house. Right. Uh, it took them a lot to get him out of there, uh, which they've now since sold the house. I found that out. So the house where George passed away and the family has sold that. Um, but that's where Fatty was trying to stay. Um, and now it seems like, uh, or the rumor is that he has fallen into some sort of addiction problem. And maybe he had it before, I don't know. But that might explain the behavior where he's he got in trouble for um, allegedly like going at cars with, I'm not sure what, but damaging a bunch of cars. And so uh, from what we hear, he was arrested in, in England.
1: Well, there are other hobbies too. Focus your attention on, but if, maybe it's a cry for help, you know
0: Oh, I think so, and he just and and I don't think, and apparently there's from again uh, these sources that we've been reading, these media sources from over in England, um, he, I don't think he has a home, necessarily, like it sounds like so he needed a place he, to stay. He got maybe. arrested I don't know now he's in jail.: Yeah, so he's, he's got a place to stay for a while, but yeah, it's uh, and I know that at the time he was super upset that he was not left in George's will. How long were they together? Um, I don't remember that. It sounds like it was a couple of years, you know, um, at least a couple, maybe three. But I, I don't know if, uh, you know, that was like, I just don't know how, how seriously George was taking it. You know what I mean? Like, well, were they on the same page kind of thing?
1: On the article, it mentions it mentions it was an on
0: and off relationship.
1: Oh so, Well, the right. other
0: thing is that, you know, as happy as you are,
1: if you've made your will, in my experience... Um, You're not thinking, i got to change that. You know, like, I I have to amend my will. Hey, you want to go out for dinner? And then tomorrow I have to make an appointment to amend my will. (laughs) Like, you're just happy to have a will, period, I think. Um, But if it's on again, off again, then maybe he was grasping at straws.
0: Yeah, apparently the will was worth uh, 97 million pounds. Wow. Hmm. So, and now as we found out, it's only been... Uh, well, I guess, what, eight months now, his sister Melanie passed away right on Christmas Day as well. Right. Do you remember? Did you remember hearing that? Yes. Yeah. So um, so she basically passed away three years to the day that he did. And he has another sister, right? He has one sister left. And I believe the father, Jack, is still alive. So Chances are
1: solid they hate Christmas.
0: Yeah. Chances are solid. Yeah. Wow. And which is... Like super, I don't even know what the word would be because George Michael has one of the biggest Christmas selling songs ever that happens every year like Mariah Carey, right? Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. Well, maybe they love Christmas and maybe they can focus their energies on just making making that day just that much more special. Hopefully, because you wouldn't want to think of anybody as just wallowing.
0: Yeah, no, that would be bad. Um, but yeah, and I guess I'm actually currently reading, by the way, because I haven't had a chance to read any books over the summer because I've been too busy, but I um, downloaded to my Kindle. Uh, now you're just Andrew... showing off. <laughs> I got it for my birthday. It's all I have. My Andrew uh, Ridgely, um Wham book. Nice. Yeah, so I'm uh, really enjoying it. I love I have to him. tell you. I'm... I thought he was so Oh, yeah, so cute. he was like quite oh. the... Yeah, I'm only like probably, I'm right about where the band started to, was getting, starting to break. So that's as far as I am in the book. But he's, he's really fun. The book's great. Cool.
1: I will consider yeah. that. Is there pictures? I love books with pictures. There <laughs> is pictures.
0: And you should see like Sharon, like that 80s feathered look. Oh, yeah. You know, like that. He had and great And they both hair. had a good head of, head of hair. You know what I mean? Well,
1: George had perfect hair for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Andrew had like... There's he had, he had the angles,
0: great cheekbones, and beautiful yeah. hair. They just look so now happy. He's, now he's bald, Sharon. Well, and I'm not sure if he, bald I feel is like beautiful. he was, I feel like he was going that way and then made the necessary decision to, to finish it off. You know what I mean? Because it's, it. it's better bald than with the, the bits on the side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the
0: Homer Simpson. Uh,
1: so, Kel, from Perfect Feathered Hair and Chiseled Cheekbones, I think it's a natural segue into getting into some trivia. Oh yeah, <laughs> so
0: natural. <Sharon>. 90s. <laughs> now trivia. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Love it. So, following last week's uh, season nine debut, um, Sharon is leading one nothing. She is. Trivia. Oh, she's so great. Adam, you can do this. Did you hear this that? Week. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> it's like you're doing it yourself, that noise. Shh. Oh, wait, you are. Don't talk. <laughs> Don't talk. Uh, your names are your buzzers, so practice. Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. Adam, Adam, Adam. Sharon. <laughs> All right. So this one's a two-part question, uh, even though we have two questions. So this is uh, like, there's two questions to number one question. Here we go. Wait, so uh,
1: are there three points in play? Yeah, so you'll, yeah well,
0: there could be... Um no, there won't be. It'll be two, two, <laughs> but I just want, I need two answers for the first question. I do right, love that you gave
1: it legit okay. thought. Okay,
0: perfect. I did give it legit thought. Uh, which member of New Kids on the Block stars in a TV drama on CBS? I need the name of the NKOT beer and the name of the CBS drama. Sharon. Go. Donnie Wahlberg, Blue Bloods. Go Sharon. whoop. whoop all right adam Whoop. did you have Whoop. any clue i had no clue okay great what was that show about i've
1: never heard of that show is Blue it airing Bloods. right now
0: uh yeah it's uh friday night like season yeah friday nights it'll be like season 10 or 11 i think this season really like, coming up wow. oh yeah it's been around a long time wow and tom Selleck looks exactly the same he's, i he's love this show i actually pvr it show i pvr it every week
1: it's old school, eh? Like it looks like yeah, an it's old school, school uh, drama. It makes me
0: happy. I feel like it's like a Hill Street Blues kinda thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay I like it. I accept it. Um and what's her face is really great on it too, Michelle Monahan? Yes. Or yeah, uh or is it Michelle Monahan? It is Monaghan. I don't it, think it's Michelle. It's not Michelle. It's not Michelle. Bridget. Bridget Monaghan. <laughs> I was
1: gonna say Moline. <laughs> uh, which would have been wrong. <laughs>
0: All right, two nothing, Sharon. Woo! All right, here we go. The second question is: um, dash, dash, the Name best. the actress who played Six on the sitcom uh, Blossom. Sharon, the face you're giving, I now don't even is know. Epic. I
1: know totally, and I love the fact that her name was Six, but I totally yeah. don't remember the actress's. name. I believe
0: the character's name was Six Lemure, <laughs> but I need her real life name, and she has like a cool, funky real name. Like six. Like Kit Kat, but it's not. Out of many guesses? Oh Henry. No. Nope. <laughs> well you said so it's like that's... Kit Kat, so I tried something. <laughs> nice. Nice <laughs> try. <laughs> Thank you. Uh Jenna Von Oy. Oh yeah. Who is that? Six. <laughs> six. Yeah. She actually um then went on to be, I believe it was the, the Parkers, maybe. It was like spin spinoff to Moesha. She was on that show for a nice. bit. Nice. So that's it. So, cool so we're now two, two nothing, Sharon. Yeah, I'll take that. All right. I'll, fast five it up. I'll take that straight
1: to the fast five, Kel. And I thought um, we would pick five random summer albums. You ready oh, for that's it? That's good. I know. There's ready. no order. Just like, hmm, let's think about funky divas. Takes us right back to when things were happy within the four women in En Vogue. When Kathy and Susan hadn't been called (laughs) upon to help fill the void left by egos and diva-like behavior that would split the band. And, of course, we were loving songs like My Lovin', Never Gonna Get It, and Free Your Mind. Uh, through the summer of 1992. How about this one, Kel? The Breeders. They focused all the right energy toward their second album, Last Splash, which saw some movement within the lineup of the group and gave us a collection of perfectly charged-up rock at the end of the summer of 93. A song called Divine Hammer. And the first single, which features the line that would give the album its title cannonball. One right. year later... <laughs> exactly! One year later, five Brits led by the Battling Gallagher Brothers released their debut album. Oasis blast onto the scene with all the confidence that you'd need to back up that bravado on Definitely Maybe, Live Forever, Supersonic, followed by the, uh, sorry, those two followed the solid album opener, which was Rock and Roll Star. Perfect reflection of rock in the summer of 1994. Now we'll go to a band uh, called R.E.M., (laughs)
0: Oh, I know that. Yay! They hit
1: just about the halfway mark of their releases as they entered our favourite decade with Out of Time. Who knew the mandolin would be such an important part of our 90s rock history? REM did, obviously. Losing My Religion has that lasting quality. Figure also on shiny, happy people and how Radio Song that featured KRS-One rapping was a great example of blurring the lines between the genres in the summer of 91. How about this, Kel? Rhyming, threats, sex and drugs. (laughs) Ah, And giggles. Just kidding. Uh, They were a landmark, uh, all part of a landmark album whose title may have foreshadowed the end for the notorious B.I.G. Life After Death is exactly what Biggie's music afforded the memory of his presence to be reckoned with on the album that was released just a couple of weeks after he was shot and killed in March of 97. There's a long list of production credits, but uh, Puffy's name is all over his buddy's album, and songs like Hypnotize and Mo Money, Mo Problems, which sampled the Diana Ross anthem, I'm Coming Out, are mainstays today. That's your Fast Five of great summer albums. That was fast. Wasn't it? Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Loving it
1: five stars of love <laughs> <laughs> it brings us to the end of the show it does thank you guys thank you guy <laughs> Adam uh, thank you Adam thank you Kelly and thank you all for listening to us wherever you do however you do we're just happy that you find us and honestly if you can, if you can rate us I'll, I'll, I've done the thinking for you five stars uh-huh. uh, and thank you for passing it on to your friends and listening wherever you do we appreciate it You've been listening to 90s Now. Still happening.